สวัสดีค่ะ and welcome to the Come Back to Care podcast I am your host Nat Nada Wickitse a decolonized and licensed clinical psychotherapist somatics and social justice practitioner and founder of Come Back to Care a dot connector norm agitator and lover of liberation If you're on a journey to transform your daily parenting into a social justice practice that nurtures your child's development and promotes intergenerational family healing, I am so glad that you're here. On this podcast, we explore how social justice, child development science, parenting, and family systems intersect with one another. If you've been looking for ways to align your parenting with the social justice values, you're in the right place. Together, we find our way back to our true home. We come back home to our body and the goodness within. We come back to our lineage and come back to care together. So come curious and come as you are. Let's move at the speed of care and let's do this. Welcome to episode 18 of the Come Back to Care podcast. This episode is part two of the Why It's So Hard to Get Free series. The previous episode is all about why it's so hard to unsubscribe from oppressive social norms. Now we're zooming in to focus on our family. In this episode, you and I are going to unpack some of the reasons why breaking the family cycles can be so difficult, even when we set firm intentions not to pass down hurtful family patterns to our children. The work of getting free, whether from oppressive and violent social norms or from our outdated intergenerational family patterns, is daily and lifelong. That's why I believe it's so important to talk about what makes practicing social justice and reparenting our inner child so hard. Because once we know why it's so hard, we can use this understanding to let go of our shame and instead reignite our commitment to this daily and lifelong work. If that sounds positively uncomfortable already, I got you. Let's get started. Just like how society has standard ways of doing things, each family has its own norms too. If you think of your family growing up, perhaps at a dinner table or family gathering, you might remember patterns of communication styles, decision-making styles, or standard ways of expressing love and care. And when every family member plays by these rules or norms, the family unit as a whole runs smoothly whether it's good or bad, functional or dysfunctional. When someone disrupts the status quo, the family member who has the most power, usually the primary caregivers like grandparents or parental figures, steps in to enforce the family rules or even punish the rule breaker. This punishment usually comes in the form of direct or passive-aggressive judgment. For example, in the Jordan's family, we speak up, clothes mouths don't get fed. You're not standing up for yourself enough. You're not enough. Or stop being so soft and emotional. You're too much. If you're holding your breath, gritting your teeth, and your shoulders are up to your ears, cringing from that description, I'm right there with you. I'm feeling so much tightness around my neck and throat and shoulders. 
I'm going to take a second to move a little bit, and I invite you to do what you need to do to stay rooted in your humanity and dignity as we're up in this discomfort together. Whew, we got this. A lot of times, when I work with a group of parents who are curious about reparenting their inner children, and I talk about the norms or status quo in their families, bits and pieces of childhood memories usually bubble up. Sometimes these memories are loving and warm memories of how you were loved and cared for, exactly the ways you needed to be. Other times, these memories can be painful. Stirring up vague sensations in your body of when you cried for help and no one was there, or when you asked for connection and what you got was rejection. These childhood wounds of rejection, criticism, abandonment, and unworthiness are excruciating. What's worse is that these inner child wounds are usually formed when many of us are so young or in our pre-verbal years. Because of this, as an adult, when the sense of rejection, for example, gets stirred up, perhaps by your partner, the old but still raw inner child wounds from your childhood get stirred up too. But your conscious brain can't quite make sense of this pain. It's familiar with this rejection, but can't quite articulate something like this. Oh, when my partner left the room, but I still needed their emotional support, I felt rejected. It was the same rejection I felt from when I was little, and my mom had to leave me to work three jobs. So this painful memory from childhood gets stirred up, and the conscious brain can't make sense of this pain. So you're left with this giant glob of overwhelming experience. And when an experience is overwhelming or threatening, your nervous system goes into self-protection mode of fight, flight, freeze, people please. And when you're in self-protection or survival mode, the parts of your brain and nervous system—the neocortex and the ventral vagal system—that help you make good decisions, use good judgment, and which support you in being curious, connected, and compassionate—are essentially offline. So put that in the context of your daily parenting with your child. Maybe your child isn't listening to you, and they're pushing your parenting buttons. Meaning, they're ripping that inner child wound bandaid off. You feel disrespected and irritated, but underneath that, it's that same old wound of rejection. Your nervous system automatically sends you into the fight, flight, freeze, self-protection mode, and your thinking brain and social engagement nervous system go offline. Then you react to your child by snapping at your child, and you accidentally sound exactly like your mother again. This automatic process of reacting to your inner child instead of responding intentionally to your actual child takes place so quickly and under your conscious awareness too. This self-protection mode doesn't care if you've set a firm intention to never sound like your mother again and to break the intergenerational family cycle. This is why I usually face palm when people only focus on breaking the family cycles. It's incomplete without reparenting your inner child too, because we set an intention to break the cycle. But your old childhood pain sneaks up on you when your child pushes your buttons. That pain from the past hijacks your present parenting practice. Then you lose your cool at your child and feel guilty for that three seconds later. Breaking outdated family cycle so you don't pass them down to your child is so hard because the other side of this coin is reparenting your inner child, and looking at your inner child wound is so 
painful. Besides how painful it is to be reminded of your childhood pain, your mind also has a defense mechanism to keep you in line with your family's status quo. When you're trying to break the outdated family cycles, you might hear scripts in your head that go something like, "Stop it! You're being disrespectful and disloyal to the very people who raised you," or "That's not very nice to be ungrateful to the people who raised you. Didn't they do the best they could?" For example, when I started out my own journey of inner child and intergenerational family healing, I couldn't get past the feeling of being ungrateful for questioning my parents. I mean, how could I question my parents when I'm supposed to love them unconditionally because they raised me? So when this ungrateful inner monologue was playing, I would immediately go into people-pleasing, self-protection mode. I would say to myself, "My parents did the best they could." So I just needed to accept that. In my brain, cognitively, I understand that, but my inner three-year-old is still screaming from the wound of abandonment, and my inner nine-year-old is joining the party with the wound of unworthiness. So each time I'm triggered now as an adult, I immediately use my survival strategies that I developed as a child, which include to overwork, overdeliver, and be a perfectionist. If those inner monologues about being disrespectful, disloyal, and ungrateful are screaming at you, please know you're not in this all by yourself. These inner monologues are there to protect you from "quote unquote" losing your family, from violating the family norms. To go beyond the inner monologues that prevent you from breaking family cycles, I have four invitations for you. The first invitation is to reassure this intelligent self-protection that the goal is not to cancel your caregivers. Instead, you're trying to understand them better, and you're trying to update and upgrade your relationship with them, adult to adult. Similarly, you're not getting rid of the boundaries that you set either. I'm glad to know that you're protecting yourself from hurt and harm. The goal is to perhaps walk to the edge of the boundaries you set and peek around the corner at the stories you tell yourself about those people who raised you. These stories you developed to help you make sense of your inner child wounds of rejection, abandonment, and unworthiness might be due for an upgrade. The second invitation for this upgrade is to see if you're ready to put your caregivers in their social, cultural, and political contexts. And understand where they were coming from. You could start planting some seeds by wondering how your caregivers had to survive the same oppressors you're trying to get free from: capitalism, colonialism, patriarchy, and white supremacy. And explore how their survival of the systemic oppression from their time, specifically their fight-flight-freeze people-please self-protection, affected the ways they showed love and care to you as a child. Or affected how available and present they were to you. Growing up, my father's definition of freedom was to get out of the working class and to climb up the corporate ladder. He worked many, many, many jobs trying to win this capitalism and class oppression game. And upon reflection now as an adult, I realized that his survival shaped how he raised my siblings and me. All the conversations at the dinner table growing up were all about academic success, three-year plan, five-year plan, and college applications. He really focused on external success. 
I wish you could see his face when I told him I was going to become a therapist instead of a lawyer or a doctor. Fast forward to now, I asked him if what he was really trying to say when he was pushing me to go to Harvard, yes, he did, and be a doctor, was his way of saying that he loved me. By putting my father in his context, I can put the same old story I keep telling myself about him, that he's so materialistic and cold, aside, and explore what else there is to the story. This curiosity and compassion allow me to see what my dad was trying to do. And this is what I mean when I talk about rewriting our family stories and rewiring our nervous system. And here's the thing. I feel this strong urge to be a good, grateful daughter. Now that I understand where he was coming from, I should forgive what he did and didn't do, right? If that's happening to you when you think of your caregivers too, may I invite us both to hit pause on that urgency? Because the third invitation is to both and before you decide whether to set boundaries, repair the ruptures, or do whatever you'd like to do to heal the intergenerational family cycles. To both and means to embrace that, yes, your caregivers did the best they could with what they knew. And yes, they also did not make you feel seen, heard, and understood. Another example is, yes, they provided food and housing for you. And yes, they worked so much that they were hardly present. While there was a material abundance, the emotional connection was lacking. Both and. By explicitly naming what kind of emotional connection you did not get from your caregivers, A, your inner child wound has less control over you now, and B, you can begin reparenting yourself. And that's our final invitation. Reparenting yourself simply means giving yourself the kind of love, care, and connection you wish you received from your caregivers as a child. And when you can't do that for yourself, build a chosen family full of people you trust who can reflect your amazingness back to you. Because I grew up in a family that focuses so much on achievement, overworking, and being perfect, I have a tendency to disconnect from my body and disregard my feelings. I shove them aside so I can work longer hours. I have to learn to honor my body and emotions and I built a community of people who hold space for me to embody my full self, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If you're a social justice curious and conscious parent who's ready to stop erasing yourself only to contort, conform, and perform a good parent script written by white capitalist patriarchy, or who's ready to reparent your inner child and heal your old but still raw childhood wounds so that you show up fully as the parent you know you can be and pass down a legacy of compassion and liberation for your child so that you can practice social justice through your daily parenting while promoting your child's development, so that you can heal your inner child and honor your ancestors while raising your child with equity and liberation in mind. I'd love to invite you to join the In, Out, and Through program, an online six-week cohort-based parenting and reparenting program to explore both your inner child and internalized oppression wounds. Please visit comebacktocare.com slash learn for more information and registration. It's comebacktocare.com slash learn. 
All right, back to the episode. In closing, whether you're breaking free from oppressive social norms or outdated family cycles, moving beyond the status quo requires that you give up the illusion of comfort that comes with something predictable and familiar. The instability and uncertainty of doing something different from business as usual is so scary and hard because you lose an anchor that has been keeping you stable. But for me, as a person who's been harmed by the norms of white capitalist patriarchy and ostracized to the margins, I don't want that anchor because to me, that anchor feels like a chain around my neck, imprisoning me and cutting me off from my own humanity and dignity. To get free, it's so important for us to do this liberation and decolonization work together. I know giving up that norm is so scary, but you know what happens when you break free from the outdated stuff that's holding you back? You let go of an anchor that chains you to society's oppressive norms and begin to grow roots that embed you in a community of your choosing. These roots ground you deeply in your own humanity and dignity as you're relearning how to trust your inner voice. These roots also connect you with the land, your ancestors, your chosen family, and your child. Isn't that radical self-love and community care for collective liberation? Of course, I don't hold a map that tells us where exactly we need to go. Because a part of liberation is for us to make that map ourselves, together. So, no maps, but I do have wise words from James Baldwin to nourish us. This is what James Baldwin said in a conversation with Nikki Giovanni in 1971. Quote, It's not the world that was my oppressor, because what the world does to you, if the world does it to you long enough and effectively enough, you begin to do it to yourself. You become a collaborator, an accomplice of your own murderers because you believe the same things they do. You have somehow to begin to break out of all of that and try to become yourself. It's hard for anybody, hard, because you've got to divorce yourself from the standards of that society. It's when you begin to realize all of that, which is not easy, that you begin to break out of the culture which has produced you and discover the culture which really produced you what really brought you to where you are, end quote. Thank you for being here together. For more information on the In, Out, and Through program, Fall Cohort, that's starting from August 31st to October 5th, please visit www.comebacktocare.com slash learn. Comebacktocare.com slash learn. I'll leave the link along with all the references and resources in the show notes for you too. As always, in solidarity and sass. Until next time, please take care.